each other or do we need introductions? Let's do introductions. Yeah. I know Diego, but it would be nice to know everyone. I was going to say my name is Priscilla. Hi, everyone. Hi, nice to meet you. At the moment, I'm studying my master's in public mental health. Nice. Um, I have a BA in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself an artist, so I dabble in like spoken word and painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done advocacy in mental health, um, so I advocate through my lived experience. Um, I have experience working through with organisations in mental health, um, and I also have coaching experience. I don't coach actively anymore because of the pandemic, um, but I was coaching prior to years, um, strength and conditioning. And oh yeah, I'm Venezuelan. I came here when I was three years old. Um, yeah, so I'm Diego. Uh, I'm 26. I'm originally from Ecuador, but I uh, grew up here in the UK. Um, yeah, so I founded the British Latino Network and basically I do that. But then also apart from that, I'm very much involved in like in academia and health research and the sciences. Um, so that's pretty much what I'm interested in and what I get up to. Um, my name is David Jimenez. Um, my parents are also from Colombia. I was born here, raised and educated here. Um, I just recently finished my degree and I'm currently currently doing many things at the moment. Hi guys, I'm Jean Colosa. So um, my mum is Colombian and my dad is Portuguese. Um, I'm born here though. Um, I'm an aspiring writer. Um, I've got three blogs out already that focus on social issues. So those the three blogs though are around I think two years old um, I need to get back into writing but I don't know if anyone knows what writer's block is like um, it's quite difficult to get into once your life is focused on other things um, but I'm hoping to go and do a course in writing again and then find out some inspiration to get me back into writing so hopefully 2021 I'll go back into writing day job is just PR um, and focusing on helping brands get uh, media experience so let's start off with welcoming everybody. Thank you guys. Welcome back to our podcast. Today's topic is going to be around Latin Heritage Month, which was celebrated a month and a half ago, two months ago now. Um, but there's been a few things that have come up ever since, and I thought it'd be really, really important to to address them. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever celebrated Latin Heritage Month before or is it like pretty new to you guys because it's it's new for me I, I think I only really heard about it last year and I was like oh my god this is an actual thing um I know we don't have in the UK at least we don't have it's set in stone it's mostly celebrated in in the US which is nice um of course the US have massive influences from Latin America, so it's natural for them to have a Latin Heritage Month. But what do you guys think, like, when you hear Latin Heritage Month? I've celebrated this before, you know. I was going to say, when you sent me, like, what would today be talking about? But this is the first time I think I've actively been exploring my Latin American identity or what that means for me. And I guess because of the pandemic, that's been more so through Instagram. So it's been the first year I've seen, like, Latin American Heritage Month pop up, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I only heard about it this year too. No, yeah, I completely agree with you guys. I didn't hear it until um, this year as well. And I thought that it was interesting how things from America now with social media, um, mm-hmm. they bring them forward here. Media, and we end up as well talking about it and celebrating um, Latin Heritage Month or Hispanic Heritage Month. It's a bit of an interesting one, the impact of social media, how globalisation 
Gene, your Wi-Fi is killing me. One area, but now grow other parts of the world. You first for a second, but I'm glad you touched on globalization. I think that's such an important point, especially for how the US context is being mirrored here in the UK. I think there's stuff about it that's that's great, but I think there's stuff as well that can be quite problematic from a political perspective because the UK is an entirely different context. So I'm glad you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the experience that a Latin American in the UK versus the US, like their experiences would be different and their lives would be a bit different. Yeah, I mean, for me, so I'd come across uh, Hispanic Heritage Month in America. So like just seeing it, not like actually experiencing it because I lived here all my life. Um, But yeah, I feel like it it sort of seemed quite fitting to have something similar like that in the UK, considering how many, you know, Latinos or Latin Latin American people live in the UK. So, so yeah, so no, I, I feel like, it's a good thing and it probably should have come in earlier, but I guess now with the whole, the role of social media and the generation as well of Latin Americans who are starting to come up, we're a much a younger generation and we're more tech savvy. Before you'd have like these festivals where for example, Carnaval del Pueblo, or you'd have like um, sort of events where you'd get these like people who would dance like folklore dances and celebrating traditions from different countries. But now we sort of moved it more into the digital space and even more now because of the whole <laughs> pandemic um mm. but but yeah no it's it's a, it's an interesting thing that's happened and i think it's it's good uh, the the question i always have is um you know what what is our culture because it's it's a mixture of many different cultures intertwined into one and depending on each region and not even country each region of south america um, the clothes they wear, the food they eat, and there's so much diversity within that. Um, so, a lot of the times when people say I'm, I'm Latin American, they assume that it's uh, it's a couple of boxes to tick, like speaking Spanish and being brown. When it's so much more than that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's so diverse. Like, for example, if someone was to say, "Well, I'm European," you know, you would say, "Well, okay, well, that's a bit broad." You know, there's a lot of there's a lot to sort of untangle there. And when you say Latin American, um, yeah, of course, you know, you've got South America, Central America, and some other countries in the Caribbean. So there's a lot of variety. I feel like sometimes it can be quite hard because I feel like if we're starting from the point where we're trying to get to a point where we're trying to sort of find like a unified way of viewing our culture, it's going to be difficult because we're so different. And I feel like, that is something that we should uh, maybe appreciate a bit more, but sort of try and fit that in the way we we visualize what it is to be Latin American. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard because you know it's like from if you go from Ecuador to Colombia, you just cross the border, things change, right? And that's just because there's a difference. Like that's just the way it is. Like if you go from Spain to Portugal, you don't expect it to be the same. There's gonna be it's gonna be a difference. Mm. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough or I'm just starting to see it become unpacked which I really appreciate like in the in the circles that I'm coming across where I see or I'm encountering Latin Americans and I think it's a conversation that needs to be had and I think when I said earlier about the point on globalization and the US being projected on the UK I think that's where it's problematic because it's that like globalized idea of Latin Americans being a homogenized 
group of people and that's not the case but when we start to unpack that and understand all our differences and like the nuances in between Latin Americans that's when I think the like it's, it's just you can appreciate it more because you see it for where it is in its diversity and variety as opposed to thinking it is like you said like this tick box of, of people. Mm. It, it almost feels that as, like the name Latin American is like an extension of of North America it's like a mm. it's like a dual nationality of of what Northern Americans already have. What do we? What do we? What do you call someone who's Latin American from the UK? Do you call them British, uh, Latin, or, or something like that? There's no, there's no word for it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's always other. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't understand. I still don't get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you think that 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 should be scrapped then, and then they should just leave a gap where people just write in who they are? Because me and Cammy were discussing this, and I get that obviously it'll be longer paperwork, longer things for people to do, but. Yeah, I think it would provide an interesting opportunity to see how people from our community actually choose to describe themselves. Yeah. And, you know, the more people you get describing themselves, then obviously it's a data thing. You know, they don't want people to sort of be different, different in the way they describe themselves. But there's probably, I mean, I feel they'll find, like there's probably some, some common theme of the way how Latin Americans in the UK describe themselves. So that could help. But I feel like when I see like there's an other on the box or like on the boxy tick, the issue is like in terms of identity, I feel like it does sort of affect me. But to be honest, if I'm being absolutely honest, I don't feel like, oh, well, this is my identity is being completely rejected. I don't feel that. But what I do feel is more like the opportunity in terms of, you know, because this has like real impact in terms of social things that can be available for a certain group. Right, so scholarships, funding into specific programs, um, even like health. So, like, if for example, if they're trying to track like a certain health um, sort of health uh, trend that you're seeing in a certain community, how can you do that within the community if there's no way of tracking it? So, there's there's a lot of implications of this which extend beyond the identity, which is obviously important, but go further than that. And the thing is, as well, I mean. The majority of the Latin American community in the UK, I'm not sure like what the breakdown is. So how many are first generation or second generation? The majority are going to be first generation, which are people probably over 40. And their way of perceiving themselves as Latin American is probably not the globalized Latin American. It's probably what they still consider to be their Colombian way of being Latin American, their Ecuadorian, Peruvian. And so their way, you know, we sort of start to create, there's going to be a bit of a difference, I guess, from the younger people um, who are probably being more influenced with the Latin American community from the US, whereas the older people, they're probably not, they're not gonna, you know, they look a lot, of, they, they probably, they consistently watch news back, back from, from back home and they're sort of well in touch with that. So I think there is gonna be a difference in that sense as well though, um, which is gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, you tend to see with, um, with groups like, you know, uh, like a BAME mentoring groups or, um, BAME assistant groups, they 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 say black Asian minorities. Uh, it's just a bit difficult to decide, you know, because you you'd be considered say brown, but you're you're not Asian. So when you do go to uh, go, go to these groups, like they of course they they they're more than willing to help you, but it's it, it's it's difficult when there aren't those boxes to tick when you you can't find a way to legitimately name yourself. Um, uh, as 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 a BAME student or a, a BAME worker, and get get the benefits of it. it it's, it feels like there's more steps to take 
this this is something that I've been trying to um, challenge in like some of um, the conversations I've been having with professionals in the mental health field and specifically just in the way that like we collect data and for the UK context the way that BAME is used and even just that tick box of other like I <clears throat> don't put my critical political hat on um, so I'm quite skeptic but I do think it's a very like systematic and structural way of keeping us divided and keeping us within like a Western binary of them us. So why other? So it's always um, it's being digested in a racialized context, but it's not picking up on those nuances within the different social groups that cover BAME. And that's when it becomes problematic. Um, and I think with Latin Americans, specifically in the UK, with what I've been reading on and looking into for my course, it's very much this question of invisibility, which again is problematic. So it's like, you you don't understand us, you don't see us, therefore you don't support us and you're not going to. And then it's just, it's like a, a continuous cycle of structural violence, that's what I would call it. And that might be seen as quite like <laughs> critical analysis, but I think it, it is very problematic for some of the reasons that were raised already. Like there's no way to um, disperse power in the UK and social economic resources and therefore there's no way for us to kind of community build, even though it does happen, which I'm glad to see, despite of those obstacles or challenges, but it does make it much more complicated because we don't know how to, or, yeah. Mm. It, it's almost like, well, oh, you can only be uh, this way if you're black and Asian, when there's like, yeah, we might look similar to other people, but the culture is different. We have a different way of speaking a different way of thinking we have the different different like uh like sh family structures and whatnot we have we have different ways of celebrating like when like a lot a lot of latin americans um not all of them they're diverse in religion but a lot of them the way they celebrate like being catholic uh there's this idea that catholics are very extreme extremists in their views when in in our country it's kind of the opposite they're, they're much more liberal in their views so when you are put into the box of say like Irish Catholics and whatnot, yet people assume that you have that same kind of uh, the same kind of culture. Whereas you might have the same title, but the way you operate is much more different. The way the community communities operate is much more different than what might seem or look the same. A lot of people would say compare us to like in terms of appearance to Turkish or European or Asian people, when we are our own, we are our own groups. We have our own, our own dialects. We have our own food. We have our own ways of living. I just want to say, I think it's really interesting that you, that you brought up like this notion of otherizing. I think it's, it's very easy to want to marginalize yourself if you feel like you said that you, you've been otherized basically. Um, and if you don't have like a mindset of, you know, like un uniting people together or that this doesn't determine your identity in whatever way, shape or form, then it can be easy to fall into a trap of like, shit, I'm in a place that where I'm not wanted or I'm in a place where people don't want to help me. So like F the government or whatever. And it's just like you said, it becomes a very vicious cycle. And we see it like in all communities um, that are underrepresented, underrepresented in um in all cultures uh, in all countries uh, so i think it's great that you guys are bringing that up and i wanted to ask you have you guys ever felt like you're immigrants or have you ever had discussions with your parents where you've noticed like that they've been treated differently 
Yeah. I, I just wanted because you because you touched on mental health. I feel like this is the biggest way that I've been connecting my identity to my experience of mental health. And I have found as well, like, um, so that there's, there's these two books that I think provide the most data on Latin Americans. Um, no, two reports is like, no, no longer invisible and towards visibility. That's why I got this notion of us being rendered invisible. Um, so if anyone's interested and wants to look that up, it's very informative. And from that, the, it's, it's quite outdated, but it's the most recent. And 2016, you could say more or less the Latin Americans who are based in the UK, 80% of us are migrants or have some experience of migrating to the country. And then that 20%, I would assume, are either first or second second generation, sorry, or third generations. Um, and I feel like that, that experience of migration is really significant to mental health because it kind of renders your isolation in society. So for me, I do recognize myself as a migrant and it's something that I consistently consistently mentioned because that's kind of what um brought the circumstances of me being isolated and kind of having like more risk factors to poor mental health um and that's how I've been able to understand my identity it's not necessarily my identity in isolation but in the context of being a marginalized and disadvantaged group in the UK because that's what happens when you enter this country through um migration um yeah sorry I lost my train of yeah um uh, are you a second or, or first generation? Oh, so I'm first generation. So I came I came here when I was three years old. Um, oh, okay. And I remember nothing of Venezuela. So it was quite, even now when I try to unpack it, it's kind of like, it's weird because I feel like I remember the attachment to my grandparents emotionally, but I don't remember my grandparents. So for me, um, in terms of mental health, what I struggle with a lot sometimes is just regulating my emotions. Um, mm. Quick change, quick transition is very triggering for me. And now I'm starting to recognize that as patterns of being an asylum seeker and coming from the context that Venezuela was in and the context it's been in growing up. Um, yeah. And I think that's very significant to Latin Americans because a lot of our countries are in a political context that's unstable. So when we come um, to the UK or when we migrate around the world, we're already in a vulnerable position because of that experience. That pre-migration experience has already exposed us to a lot of factors that can influence our mental health. Mm. And um you probably experienced this as well but you feel kind of um discrimination both from inside the communities and outside almost yeah. like you're you're too british for the latin american community and you're, you're too latin american for the for the, the diverse uh, culture of, of of britain 